This is the Deep Dive with Brooke Spector. And good morning, and we are indeed Brooke Spector, and we are live. We're back now with Bernard Jay, and I, I think I, I mentioned earlier that Bernard has decades of experience with live theater. He started his work in theater with Lionel Bart, who, who produced, who created Oliver years and years years ago. He went on to work with uh, Dusty Springfield. He came to South Africa. He's he was the CEO of the of the uh, Civic Theater, then renamed the Joburg Theater. He has been the uh, independent producer of the pantomime shows that have run for years and years and years in that theater, and he was also responsible for putting together such inimitable theater works as The Color Purple. Uh, but as fate would have it, Bernard's work was affected by the COVID pandemic as well. A scheduled tour for The Color Purple in East Asia didn't happen because as we know, the world shut down. Bernard, it's good to, be, it's good to have you with us. And I'm delighted and uh, honored to have a chance to talk with you about this on air. That's very kind of you, Books. You're one of my favorite people too, so it's lovely to be talking with you on air and good morning to your listeners. And let me let me start this by saying, uh, life dealt everybody in the theater a, a fairly cruel blow by just out of what seemingly was nowhere, cut off their income, cut off their opportunities to perform, and for audiences, eliminated the possibility of seeing anything on stage. But as a manager of these processes, what was it like for you? Um, it was heartbreaking. Uh, you know, as you said, uh, I was just about to take a, an absolutely wonderful first-class South African company of artists and technicians to Asia with, with uh, Janice Honeyman's production of The Color Purple. And we were already contracted. I mean, over 40 people were contracted to do the tour. And it was very difficult for me, as you say, as a manager, uh, as a producer who's always tried to keep my word uh, when offering work, to suddenly find that my hands were tied, you know, that it wasn't up to me anymore. We were under lockdown. And so what did you do? I mean, you know, if I were running a factory or a store and we were told suddenly there were there were either no orders or no customers, uh, but we still had all these bills, I don't know what the heck I would have done in response. But you're, you have a product which is in some ways intangible, but in other ways terribly tangible because it involves stuff and people and money and everything else. And then suddenly... You just have to write the letter and say, I'm really sorry, but... Yes, I, you do have to do that. And, and the sooner you did it, I think, uh, the better so that everybody understood what was going on. But then again, you know, I was only one of millions and millions of people that were in the same situation. So our artists and our crew were obviously extremely understanding. They knew that we had no choice. We couldn't three weeks later get on a plane and go to China as we've been planning to. Um, but it is, it's, it's very destructive um, when you see your industry that you've worked and we've all worked so hard to build 
over the years and to keep going is suddenly almost being decimated. It, it is unprecedented and let us hope and pray that we're climbing through it now. Well, turn this around now. Um, you had two years effectively of audiences in venues around the world who either were unable to go and see productions or more recently were able to go, but with those restrictions of every other seat is, is vacant and you know you have to show a certificate, you have to have sprays all over your body. Uh, and <laughs> all of that must have been outrageously off-putting to audiences who then presumably found other ways to entertain themselves through online streaming of activities or other kinds of entertainment. Um, does this mean that you have to start all over again to create an audience, to build an audience, to reconnect with potential audiences? And how do you do that? Well, books, I still don't think we quite know yet the extent of that. Uh, you know, I work with the Joe Book Theatre in partnership and uh, Joe McThurter and I did agree that, that this past year, uh, 2021, there would be a pantomime and we forged ahead with it under very difficult circumstances because just as we started rehearsing, the Omicron variant uh, arrived in this country and people started falling down with, 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 with COVID or falling out. But still in the end, uh, we did a season there of our pantomime Cinderella that brought in just over 20,000 people to see the show, see live theatre. And of course, we in the industry believe very strongly, but there is nothing like live theatre, the magic of being in the room with the actors, that unique situation of seeing the show at that very performance where anything can happen. And so it did prove to us that despite one of the worst times during the COVID-19 pandemic, 20,000 people in Joburg and surrounding areas decided they wanted to experience live theatre again, even under those difficult conditions. That was a really heartwarming experience. Yeah, I mean, I was there too. Thank you. <laughs> and so was my wife. And fortunately, because we know each other reasonably well, we both have been vaccinated, we could sit next to each other and leave the seats on either side of us vacant. That was, that was apparently permitted. But I worry that, now you and I are about the same age, and, and um, I worry that people who are half our ages or even younger, that they may have given up on the idea of theater or moved on to other pursuits or just decided this isn't what I want to do anymore? Well, books, uh, I attended a lot of the performances of Cinderella and I'm, I'm happy to be able to tell you that not all 20,000 came were um, your, my, your age and my age. One of the lovely things about pantomime, of course, is it brings in children, um, often having their very first experience of theater. So there is a hope that that last show I worked on did bring in a, a, a quite a few new audience but it's always a struggle. Um, I've had a very long career, as you mentioned in your kind introduction, but in theater in, in England and then in the United States and, and then here, where it's always a struggle to bring in that age group between about 25 and 35 to 40. Um, I think people at that age start having other interests in life 
or other reasons to have to spend their money. So one always struggles to bring in that age group uh, to experience live theater. And what are their tastes like? I mean, we've been through we've been through the fire. Those of us who are still around, most of us, fortunately, what what do you think they want to watch, to see, to participate in? I mean, yeah, if I knew the answer to that, I'd be rich. I know. Yes, of course. Of course, uh, one of the great sayings of show business, any of us that knew the answer to that would be rich. Look, books, I've spent my life um, saying and believing very strongly in what I'm saying, that my job is to entertain. I want to entertain an audience and what I believe the audience wants more than ever now because of the fact of the last two years and the hardships not going to the theatre is to go out and be fairly confident they're going to be entertained. They're going to have a good time. They're going to smile when they come out. And that's what I spent my life doing. And I still, I still believe that most of the people that go to the theatre want to be entertained. You've often said that to me that you know you that, that you really think your job is to deliver solid entertainment so that people leave the theater, if not necessarily transfixed by what they had seen, feeling better about life themselves, what they've seen than they were before they sat down. Does does that mean that serious theater is 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 history? You know, it depends how you how you define serious theater. You know, if I do a musical like The Color Purple, I think it's serious theater. I think there are aspects to Janice Hanneman's pantomimes too, and the way she writes them for families that, that are, are very serious. But I tend my own purpose in this industry, what I like to feel is my purpose and has been all my life, is to do bigger budgeted shows um, on bigger stages, uh, that need to attract a certain minimum amount of people at each performance to be viable, to be financially viable. And that means, uh, you know, you have to have a certain amount of lightheartedness, I think, also in that. I think what is uh, often referred to as quote-unquote serious theatre uh, tends to play to a smaller audience and a smaller capacity venue. But I certainly think there's a lot of room for that, yes. Yeah, no, I don't mean to imply that, that musical or musical comedy isn't serious or even that comedy isn't serious. Sometimes comedy can be extraordinarily serious. I, I appreciate that and have often uh, watched things that are funny, but at the same time are really, really biting. But... What are you planning next? Obviously, there's a pantomime in the future, but are there uh, other things now? Uh, well, I'm 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 what's uh, I'm told uh, is called semi-retired now, in the sense that you know I'm not working full time at the theatre anymore as I used to be when I was the CEO there. We are doing another pantomime together, as you mentioned, this year, um, opening on November sixth. It's, of course, another Janice Hanneman pantomime, and this year it's a brand new one called Adventures in Pantoland, um, which means that Janice is writing a new script, and, and that means that I, as, as the executive producer of the show, have to do a lot of advanced work uh, and planning, not only with Janice, but with the designers and all the various other aspects of the show. But I'm certainly, my fingers are still very tightly crossed, um, that the color purple will rise again. 
it's still too early to be planning an international tour. We can't do that at the moment with COVID still all around us in many countries of the world. But I'm still hoping. I think the Color Purple is an ageless product. I don't think it needs to be done urgently because, you know, it's currently on Broadway or something and everybody now wants to see it. Uh, and I'm hoping that um, before I finish semi-retirement, uh, I will be able to get the color purple off the ground again. I, I, before we close, I, I just want to pass on a story that was told to me in, the, in one of the evenings of the color purple, just at the end of the story, when Celie's husband, uh, the, the Celie, the chief female protagonist, her husband shows up uh, out of nowhere, basically, and says, will you take me back? And some of the audience members obviously were thoroughly engaged with the story. And one woman apparently stood up from the audience and shouted to the stage, don't you dare take him back. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, there was a lot of uh, uh, immediate interaction with that show where people suddenly felt the emotion enough to, to, to join in and scream out. And that was a, a very satisfying thing to see and to hear. And um, that's a true story, books, yes. And I, I wanna thank you, Bernard, for joining us. Appreciate it, and your time is, is, is valuable to you and important to me. Um, are you gonna to get to see The Music Man yet? <laughs> You're one of the very few people that know that story. We had our tickets, of course, to two years ago for Hugh Jackman in The Music Man on Broadway. And uh, no, at the moment, I'm afraid to say that South African Airlines is not, uh, not encouraging me to get to New York to see it. But I remain hopeful about everything. And hopefully one day I will get to see The Music Man again. Well, good, uh, good luck, and I hope that works out. We've been speaking with Bernard J., independent theater producer, uh, former CEO of the Joburg Theater, uh, the man behind the annual pantomime, and so much more. And previous to that, we talked to Daphne Kuhn, an absolutely irrepressible producer, owner, artistic director, and theater and ticket taker uh, at the Theater on the Square. We're getting, we're peeling back the theater to look at the business of theater in this conflicted, difficult age. Bernard, again, thanks very much. Thank you very to, much. That, about, that brings us to the end of our program today on Deep Dive. This has been Brooke Spector, and we hope to hear to be with you again next week at nine o'clock on Friday for another Deep Dive into Things That Matter. Again, thank you for listening. And we'll say goodbye until next week.